everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Arrow Panel. Uh, I'm your host, Buzzard, a.k.a. James McGarren. I'm Jeff Lloyd, Funga. Roger Clark, a.k.a. at Roger Clark on Twitter. And uh, we're, we're joined now on this special audio version of the podcast with our beloved producer, uh, Dalton Runberg, a.k.a. Blue Chow, Blue Chaos. Yes, uh, originally Blue Chaos, and then <laughs> currently Blue Chow is my retire- now out of retirement name. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, so I, I used to sh- shout from behind the computer, but yeah, now, I, yeah. now actually they've given me the, the opportunity to sit in front of a, a real mic this time. Yeah. So Dalton is, uh, he's done such a wonderful job with, uh, uh a lot of things with the arrow panel. He's done all the graphics. He's, he's done the, uh, the intro and the outro and the editing and, uh, the, uh, coordination with the live and stuff like that, and so a lot of social media, lots of social media stuff, and so uh, thanks for everything that you've done for us, and it's it's really great to have you as a speaker now. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your history with uh, DDR and dance games. Yeah, uh, well, where are you from originally? I'm from Fresno, California. Whoop whoop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I started playing when I was like. 12, I guess. I remember the first time I played DDR or heard about it was that my brother went to like a church event and they had like a home pad set up with like fourth mix or something. And I remember I was in fourth grade and after the weekend, we would always have like show and tell or like, oh, what'd you do over the weekend? And I remember going up to the front of my class and like being like, oh, I played this really cool game this weekend. You know, it's called Dance Dance Revolution. And so, yeah, I played DDR for a while, and then when ITG came out, uh, Fresno was actually the seventh arcade, Blackbeards, a pirate-themed arcade in Fresno, was the seventh location to ever get in the Groove 1. It's a um, perfect, uh, perfect connection within the Groove, <laughs> the, the piracy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that. Uh, yeah, so I that was like October 2004, so I um, started playing ITG really early, and I pretty much stuck with it until... Um, until recently and Ace came out. I didn't I barely played Supernova, didn't really touch Supernova 2 or anything in between. So Good. when when Ace came out, I had a lot of uh a lot of char- catching up on charts to do because mm. I was like not familiar with any of them. I think most of us did. And it, yeah, well, we actually noticed that you had a bit of an advantage, I think, uh, over a lot of DDR players too at the time. Having come from a strong ITG background, uh, I feel like I feel like the ITG players just came back and started playing Ace again. They they really were picking up a lot of slack on the like 18s and stuff. Yeah, so. I mean, I had kind of stopped playing ITG for a long time um, for like a couple of years. Like I didn't really play it very seriously um, the past couple of years or even in college. So um, I kind of had to get back into shape with it. And I'm still working on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I and I used to write step charts a lot for ITG uh, used to do the edit tournaments that we had on ITG Freak. I, at one point, I was the... I had the most posts on ITG Freak yeah. because <laughs> I, I would come home from school and I would just hop on ITG Freak and just, like... What the re- shit post I would, I would just reply to, like, every thread. You'd see, like, most recently replied by, it's just, like, blue chaos, blue chaos, blue chaos, blue chaos, uh, all the way down because I had nothing better to do when so I was 15. Perhaps a lot of our listeners will know you from there, then. Yeah, and, <laughs> and if anybody's played I, ITG Rebirth... I stepped a couple charts in there. I stepped Ice Cold. I stepped uh, 1,000 Cranes. Oh, 1,000 Cranes is so good. Um, I would do some different things with it now. You I also think. you also stepped some stuff on ITG3. You did Dragostar Dente oh, yeah. from ITG3 oh, was one of my favorite. Like I used to play that on like in like 2007. That was my jam. And yeah, me too. It's so crazy. Like I met you years later, and then 
years after that found out that you had you had written that chart. I was like, dude, I used to play that chart all the time. You reminded me that I wrote that chart. Yeah, well, now because <laughs> Simply Love uh, and I2G actually shows you the step artists. Yeah. Um, like it, I2G one and two never actually used to do that. And I was I was like I was like I. I wrote that. <laughs> the ITG, ITG two theme. Whenever when the song was starting, it would say steps it does, by. Not only yeah, it, yeah it, it does. It'd say yeah, like it it steps so like by M- Kyle or whatever. Uh, really? Kyle, Kyle yeah. Ward or whatever. Bottom left corner. Yeah. Are, Are you like, sure that's on ITG two and not ITG three? Yes. No. ITG two. Yeah. Because I remember Stock. it being. Um, well, anyway, wow. I also have space space shooter. Um, oh, space space shooter. Which is another good one. I still have that flag it, after like ten years. It's probably one of my favorite charts that I've ever written. So if you if you play ITG Rebirth. Give those a try. And I stepped like half of Teclo, um, and yeah. then somebody else rewrote the other half of it. So yeah, three, and a, three and a half charts in in ITG Rebirth is my claim to fame. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Um, yeah, so thanks for uh, for joining us, and uh, uh, looking forward to having you as a permanent uh, speaker on the show. Um, so speaking of the show, I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with the Arrow panel. Um, so we uh, kind of sent out a sort of like a survey-like thing on, on our social media channels um, about what you think about the video format and, uh, and us doing it live. The live format was really, really fun. We love doing the video stuff. Um, but we thought we might, we, we're going to try doing uh, an audio-only version of the podcast for a little while um, because we feel like we can kind of more rapidly iterate on this. We might be able to do a weekly show. And there's lots, you know, we, we, it feels like kind of like a more casual environment. We can kind of talk to each other. Uh, instead of having to address the camera all the time. And we, um, we don't have to put our makeup on. <laughs> yeah, um, no no makeup and no uh, technical hurdles or anything like that. Yeah. So um, we're hoping that this new format is is we're going to be able to like crank out a lot more shows and uh, talk about a lot more stuff. Um, but besides not being live and not being video, it's going to be pretty much the same. Lots of news. We're going to have guests still. Lots of stuff to talk about. And we're still taking uh, questions and, uh, and your... We, we still want you to be a, par- a part of the show. Um, so make sure to engage with us on, on Twitter, Facebook. And we don't have a live chat anymore, but um, we feel like those are, those are pretty good for, for reaching out to us. I also so. want to point out, like, we can do a lot of cool things with this format. Like, I, I really like the idea of this being more of, a, like, a casual conversation because I basically spend all my time talking about DDR anyway. Yeah. So it's nice to, to be able to, like, share that, those conversations with everyone, but also... Like, I want to do, like, live Q&A um, so that we can actually have, like, a, a YouTube chat and, uh, you know, you can directly ask us questions. We don't actually have a topic necessarily. Um, and also, uh, I know a lot of people were big fans of a lot of the, um, like, the advanced techniques video. Um, I would love to make more videos like that of just, like, well, but like, just focusing Focused. on, Focused like, a specific technique and then helping people get better at those things. Yeah, something um, that's like a couple minutes long that you yeah. can watch and you don't have to sift through an hour of us talking about yeah, our boss yeah. songs or whatever. Exactly. You like, just go, how to do crossovers. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think this is going to be a really, really cool format, I think, just to, um, like, this is the more of the conversation side of things and we'll talk about a lot of things from things that are kind of silly and fun to, like, more of the competitive side. So there'll be a little bit of everything here and then, like, more tailored content uh like on our youtube channel or something Mm -hmm. like that so yeah yeah so if you guys have any feedback for us uh just let us know at sf underscore evolved on twitter uh or write to us on our facebook page let us know what you think about the new format let us know if you have any comments about uh the show direction and anything like that we love to hear from you guys and uh yeah all of your comments have been very helpful so far and if you don't want to put us on blast publicly you can also <laughs> you, can d- you can slide into our dms yeah slide into, <laughs> slide into our dms or uh email us at uh, sf evolved at gmail.com yeah also yeah so 
boy, it is nice to to just be relaxed here. I'm not even wearing pants right now. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is totally doing that. Yeah, actually, I'm wearing my traditional all black attire. Yes. So, uh, anyway, well, let's let's jump into some news because we have a lot of news to talk about. It took quite the hiatus. Quite, There's a lot of stuff that happened while we were gone. Yeah, it's actually pretty amazing. How long has it been? <laughs> like four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Or five weeks or something. That's a pretty know. pretty decent chunk of time in the DDR world. Yeah. Well. So. DDR doesn't get nearly as much new content as other music games. But we, but there's but just so special. much stuff happened, particularly the last month, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for some reason. But uh, anyway, so I thought we'd start off by talking about uh, some new machines that are coming around. So um, I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a, um, a new wave of uh, uh, what I think are post-production cabinets um, coming from a Korean company called Uniana. And they're hitting uh, the stateside right now, so... There's a couple of new machines in California. Uh, the Philippines is now getting uh, a new stock of machines. And uh, and Australia will also be getting some new machines later this year. Yep. Um, and so this is really exciting. So uh, there's some round ones, especially in our area. There's a round one in Texas um, that now have two machines. I think it's probably a, a temporary thing. Yeah, they're going to do exactly um, what they did last time, I think, which is yeah. while they, like, you know, Brown One probably bought 25 or something more cabinets, and they're putting DDR Ace at locations that don't have them, but also sometimes doubling up on locations that do already. Mm -hmm. So San Jose, for example, had two machines at launch, lost one to, I think ours went to Colorado. Colorado Denver. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, now we just got one of the Uniana ones, uh, back. So that will probably leave once round one starts opening more stores they'll just, you know, take yeah, There's they, also another one at uh, Sun Valley Mall in Concord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is like, this is happening everywhere. I think there's one uh, there's a round one in Detroit that either opened or will open. I think it is opening soon. And I think they got two. That's crazy. Which is all, I mean it, I, all this is all this is good. It's just like don't get too comfy having two oh, machines. Yeah, yeah we, we made that mistake once yeah, before. All, all of a sudden it was just like, and it's gone. Goodbye. Well, And then we're like, people now flipped I, out. Now I don't want to play DDR anymore. Well, yeah, lines doubling in in, in size. Is kind right of now it's a, it's a great temporary relief. Yeah. Because you go to Eastridge Mall and it's not like a 13-person wait anymore. Yeah. You can just yeah. play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's some new uh, round one locations. There's one in Detroit. There's also one uh, that's opening up just east of Cleveland, right? Yeah, in Mentor. Mentor. So in, in Mentor, Ohio, there's going to be a new round one there. And pretty, I'd say 99% sure that that's going to have a, a DDR white cap. Yeah, yeah it's going to be yeah. awesome. So, so many Ohio people who yeah. I have just been yeah. wanting to have access to Ace are now going to be able to play. It's going to oh, be like, really great. Yeah, yeah. There's, so. there's a really fantastic community out there, so it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be like a major boost to the to DDR, just in general. It's always crazy to me to think that Ohio, like, it was, it's a huge scene. Like, mm -hmm. it was, and it still is. Yeah. yeah. And yet, it's, like, very, especially in the wave of DDR Ace, like, they very underrepresented. Yeah. It's just, like, it's it's strange, because obviously, maybe, like, round one execs didn't really think that <laughs> Ohio. Ohio, of all places, would be, like, this, like, hub of DDR. But that's where so many of the, like, ITG tournaments were, like. Yeah, exactly. Four Rapids. Like, Four Rapids and GOM yeah, were all there. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, like, it's not what you think. Like, I'm sure, like, some Japanese executive is just, like. <laughs> Like, why would we open a store in, like, Ohio? There's, like, three people there. Turns out those three people are really good at DDR. Yeah, what do people in Ohio have to do? Well, they get on the internet, and they research about weird music games in Japan. <laughs> they become obsessed with them. That's, like, that's what happens. Yeah. Does Ohio mean anything in Japanese? Ohio gozaimasu. Ohio gozaimasu. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they just didn't realize they were it was just like, oh, no one wants to go to the arcade in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I find that Ohio is kind of a melting pot, isn't it? So yeah, it's I I think it 
It definitely is because it's, you know, they, they call it like the heartland of America. It's kind of, it's kind of heart-shaped and it's right in that spot. Yeah. And it's like not quite East Coast. It's not quite Midwest. You got to kind of go through it to get places. <laughs> to get so, anywhere. So some people just kind of gave up. Also, <laughs> three, <laughs> well, also three really big cities, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. You know, the big, the, the three C's. The big three. <laughs> the big yeah. three. So if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you moved to Ohio for DDR. Yeah, I did. I, I moved from Kentucky to Ohio just because there were so many good DDR players there. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I want to go where, like, Jameis Eichenauer and Kevin Bodie and, like, DJ Stunna, where, where they play. So Yeah. Oh, man. That was, was really awesome. good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. so you, yeah, I mean, you're, you're driving along, you stop at an arcade, they got DDR, and you're like, what else do I need? Well, just... <laughs> Just giving up here. Just the stuff. Um, yeah, so the uh, more about these machines. So um, as far as I know, uh, the first shipment of white calves were... Uh, so th- by the way, this is none of this is actually confirmed. This is based on my research, my independent research on these machines. But I do have some, you know, some contacts that know things. Um, so the, uh, the first wave of machines that hit America um, were supposedly pre-production cabinets um, that were... It was like kind of like the first run of uh, what was going to hit the rest of the world uh, later that later in 2017, um, which actually ended up happening. So uh, it looks to me like these uh, Korean cabs, the ones from Uniana, are the post-production cabinets, uh, and they are gearing up to ship all around the world, um, so not just to America. The original ones were, you said, ta- made in Taiwan, actually, right? The ones that we got in America, I believe, were made in Taiwan. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the, the case for the existing white cabs that were in uh, Japan. Existing, yeah, those were probably uh, those were probably also pre-production. I, I guess I just I don't really don't know anything about like supply chain stuff, but like yeah. pre-production for like four three or four years sounds like a long time. But I guess that's when I mean, their cabs as big as it's low volume. And, yeah, that's yeah, true. They're big cabinets. It's really interesting. Um, like you can tell. So like the the cabinets that the the first wave that uh, America got were like. I'm looking at the buttons on the front. The buttons are massive. Like the the up, down, left, right on the actual cabinet are massive on the Uniana ones and tiny. Yeah, so this this is going to be the most striking uh, thing that you'll notice about these new cabinets. Uh, The button, yeah, the menu buttons are really big. They're brighter. They have like brighter LEDs in them. And uh, I find them to be a little bit more clicky, although Roger, I think, disagrees. Well, I I, Uh, the one that I played on at Eastridge Mall in San Jose, it seemed it seemed less clicky, but it's possible that the Concord one was different. Who yeah, knows? maybe. I don't know. I, to me, the, the most noticeable thing was the screen. Yeah, the screen is is different. Uh, I find the, the brightness to be higher, but the contrast to be a bit lower. Yeah, it seems a little less saturated, uh-huh. um, but it's still a, still a great screen. still huge, and it's still a DDR Ace cabinet. Yep, no delay. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any problems with delay. Um, the pads, I feel like uh, people are saying that they're unsen- or under-sensitive right now. They just need to get um, but, worn in. Yeah, they just need to get worn in. I think a lot of things. I think a lot of people actually, uh, especially in California, forgot what the white caps were like when we first got them. Plus, so, people ended up modding pads and stuff, and every, everyone's like, I, th- yeah. I think people actually just open them up, put foam in there, and stuff. I did that yeah. to the the two cabs that were at Eastridge Mall. Exactly. Yeah. So one of them now does not have any of that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So if you uh, get one of these new cabs and you find them to be un- undersensitive, I'd say just wait for them to break in. Yeah. And it'll be good. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, like, I think back to... Uh, so I lived in Japan for three months uh, right when DDR2013 came out and right when brand new, like, brand new white cabs. The, that was the n- next generation, right? And I remember playing on one in Kyoto... And I could not do anything higher than a 15. I literally, like, they were so undersensitive yeah. that I could not, like, even stepping as hard as I could, I couldn't 
stream like 160 BPM, 16th or something. And that like caused an uproar in Japan. Like it was like widespread. Everyone hated it. Um, a couple of round ones like bought the new cabinets and then yelled at Konami like almost publicly and said like, you need to hmm. like replace our cabs with X cabs because everyone likes X cabs. Yeah. And eventually things got better. I think they sent out new panels at one point. They did some sort of like hot fix and hmm. I think it, it ended up being okay over time. Wow. So that's another thing that I've heard. I, I haven't played on the new cabs yet, but I've heard that people have saying that the panels move around yeah. a little bit more, that maybe they're they're smaller than the actual... So I, I don't think so. I think that's another case of breaking in, because um, if, you, if you've actually uh, looked inside of the, the panel of a, of a brand new DDR machine... Um, the, uh, there is, they do come with foam already on the L brackets. Go back to our episode about, um, which episode was that? Advanced Techniques. That was Advanced Techniques, yeah. Where we talked about the inside of the DDR panel. It's actually kind of helpful to know if you're, uh, getting really good at the game. But anyway, there's a piece of foam on the L bracket, and, uh, when, when it's brand new, um, it comes with kind of like a really thin piece of plastic on the very top of it, and that wears down really quickly over mm. time. Interesting. And so I think right now that it, the plastic is still there, and so it's slipping around, um, but once the plastic wears down, it's going to be rubber against uh, plexiglass. Yeah, and plus true. the plexiglass is also going to wear down eventually. Yeah. And they're kind of kind of like merge. Yep. Basically, yep. like kind of scratch each other and. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it needs a little bit more friction in there, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I think that's a temporary thing. Um, the news about it coming to Australia and the Philippines is also yeah. great. Yeah. Like, I was very surprised by Australia and like because the Philippines still is kind of in like the. Consider like the Asia territory, yeah. right? Like the Konami has had a presence in Asia, or, like outside of Japan, for a long time. Um, it's like there's actually a really cool chart for depending on where you live in Asia, what games you can enter for KAC. Because they've like released Sound Voltex in Indonesia, but not some of the, like I don't. That's probably not actually accurate, but they like someone made a table because there were only certain games that were released in certain areas. Yeah, and so I think they're like the Philippines made a lot of sense. Um, Australia, though, that, like, like that was the thing that solidified it for me. That's like this is going worldwide. That's just where we are now. Like this is a yep. worldwide game again, finally. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't wait for there to be tournaments in places like Sydney or Manila or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like you back in the, back when I was a teen, <laughs> driving a few hours to play DDR, that was cool. But now, like taking a trip across the Pacific, that seems even more badass. I can't yeah. wait to do it. I would do it absolutely so one interesting thing though I don't know if this matters at all but the Philippines cabs are uh, they have the they don't have ace marquees uh, that's right they have like DDR 2013 yeah. marquees so it's interesting that like right now like the US is the only or I guess the North America is the only region that got ace marquees and I'm wondering why that is yeah I actually I'm curious I don't know for for certain that the uh, cabs in the Philippines are from Uniana do you know if they are uh, I don't uh I don't know I thought they had the bigger buttons I did see the bigger buttons. Mm. I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of mysterious. Yeah. Don't know about that. Yeah, but the, a player from the Philippines said that when they registered for EMUs that uh, selectable regions included Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Indonesia, I believe. Right, yeah. I don't know if that one's new or not, or yeah. if there already is Ace there. I think they already, or Singapore had it. So. I'd love to go to Bali, too. Yeah, this is going to be so cool. Like, because we were talking about this on, on a previous show, but like, going getting filling out your area browser it's so much harder now yeah it's true <laughs> which is a good thing like you got to play in like all these different prefectures in japan and then all these different countries yeah that would be so cool to like spend three months and just like hop around the world <laughs> and play dr oh you know i haven't heard anything about canada yet anybody hear anything about canada well they i mean ontario has a cabinet right oh they do really oh. yeah the david musters there i thought huh. they did right I'm not sure. Well, I know uh, that one dude, that Nathan guy, yeah, who he... MFC'd Air Heroes. Yeah. 
Is that where he plays? I think so. Huh. I, oh, wow. I could be wrong. There's All also right. a city in the U.S. named Ontario, I believe. Uh, there's Ontario... There's Ontario, California. Ontario, California. Yeah, California. But well, I'm almost positive that someone in Canada has access to Ace. And I thought I thought it was the Nathan guy. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that... He plays there. Well, anyway, let us know if you're if you're Canadian. And you hear anything about uh, what what's going on with DDR? We need a Canadian know. connection. Yeah, we need a Canadian connection. So, uh, but that's why we have our, our listeners. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's that's everything about the new Cavs. Very exciting. I'd say if you if you live in a town where you don't have DDR Ace yet, then stay tuned. Oh, there's one more thing I want to mention about that. I forgot. Um, so I I heard also a rumor. Um, about these, uh, the DDR Ace cabinets that are going to distributor, individual distributors, not Round 1s or Dave and Busters, um, that Konami is providing a special router so that you can get onto eAmusement, um, but they are not charging uh, a monthly fee like they do in Japan. Really? Um, to, the other, to other countries besides Japan. So it's likely that uh, that's going to be a free service provided by Konami. I guess if they're, if they're selling the cabs, I don't know. Like, I... It was always, like, I've heard lots of different information of how it works in Japan. Yeah. Um, like, going from the whole, like, lease model where, like, you get the upgraded kits for free, you get the cabs for free, maybe, but then yeah. you have to pay, like, a fraction of the Pacelli that goes in the machine. My, my guess is that uh, Konami simply hasn't worked out the logistics for how to charge for a monthly subscription service for all around oh, the world. internationally. internationally. Yeah, so I guess so. That might be I think that they, they're they providing the service for free for in the, in the beginning. That'd probably be the best plan. Yeah. Because le- the least confusing. Or, yeah. Or roll an extra into the cost of the machine itself, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I could imagine that they want to get people hooked into the e-amusement service. Yeah. Maybe that's like, it's kind of the promotion of like, hey, like we want to make this as easy as possible. Here's e-amusement for free. Right. Also, here's Sound Voltex now. Like, it's not just a round one exclusive or yeah. something. Oh, as you know, after a year or two, it's like, hey, now it's a monthly fee if you want. Like yeah. once you kind of like, you know, the bait, the old bait and switch, right? It seems like they could even write a software update that makes the router not even necessary. You know? Uh, yeah, the router is more of a security thing, actually. They they probably do need that in the meantime. But anyway, uh, this is good news for private owners because I think that uh, there is a potential for private owners to get access to the amusement network potentially i'm, I'm not gonna hold my breath on that one i'm gonna say yeah. i'm gonna say it's 50 50 chance <laughs> i was told specifically by konami that they will never sell to private owners uh, yeah that's what that's what uh naoki okada yeah is it? yeah the, he, the, he our, our, our liaison in japan uh when i went to kac i asked like we asked him specifically because i really want to buy it yeah cabinet. I, I said the same thing he I was like no Sorry. Yeah, I, I think at one point they probably also said we'll never sell DDR in America. Period. Yeah, I mean, so, but I think true. this is a little bit more of like a philosophical thing, not like, or like a logistical thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I'll, I will be thrilled if I could buy a DDR Ace cabinet yeah. and keep it up to date and like. We'll see. Maybe maybe there's a loophole. Yeah, I mean, create a shell, you know, LLC or something. Yeah. And, yeah. Invite Naoki Okada over I mean, to your place I and mean, just pretend like ra- it's an arcade. Rather than, like, private owners, it, you might have to have an actual arcade, an individual arcade. Yeah, maybe. So, not just, you, like, you actually have would have to have the business in order to get the that machine. That doesn't seem maybe. so hard. We uh, could do that. We could do that. Yeah, let's see. We, anyway. Anyway. Steve was just telling us in IRC how to create a shell shell company. That's right, yeah. This is also good for tax evasion. All right, so anyway, let's move on. So there's, um, in other news, there's a bunch of new songs that came out uh, recently, but unfortunately... Oh, new songs? Can I go to the arcade and play them? No. I'm sorry, Don, you can't. They're Asia only. APAC only. Actually, Japan only or just Asia? So Koreans can play too, Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, that's it's just good. us that get shafted. 
I mean, I, we shouldn't complain too much, but like... Yeah, so don't don't freak out too much, because these songs are... Uh, they're all um, uh, idol songs and uh, Toho songs. Hey, some people so. might like that. To- yeah, they're really good. They're really good songs, but uh, they're not... It's not like a, you know... I think we all kind of crave the original stuff from the original artists. Why do you need Konami original songs? Yeah, what? <laughs> exactly. Many reasons. Period. Um, so yeah, I thought we'd just... Uh, we talk about them anyway, though, since uh, it's, you know, part of DDR News, and they're, they're pretty cool charts... So the first one is, it's called, uh, the English uh, translation is uh, Cherno's Perfect Math Class. Yeah, yeah, And uh, it's Toho song? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's basically, it's the, the, the EDM remix is already in DDR Ace and actually available everywhere, uh, not just uh, Asia. Mm-hmm. So it's the, uh, like, it's yeah. So it it's the one that starts at 175, like the EDM remix starts at 175 BPM, and then at the first step goes down to 130. It's because it's the EDM remix. And so they have like the first bit of the song and then they cut to the like the the EDM version of it. It's really, really fun to see the original in DDR now because it doesn't do that. It's 175. It has this same exact intro and then it just doesn't slow down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you're like, huh, that's interesting. It's the, like, even though that's what it should be. It's, it's like the possession EDP of... Uh, uh, it's a little different. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a 13, and I'm uh, you can't see me right now, but I'm using air quotes to describe <laughs> the 13. 13. Uh, it is very simple, mm-hmm. but it has uh, it has the Afronova turns. Um, so it kind of goes like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and it's like kind of left, down, right, left, upright. So that's like kind of the shtick for the whole song. Yeah. It's nothing really to write home about. Um... Yeah, it's it's just it's just nice. So basically, the uh, that song had its ninth anniversary. I think that's the that's the reason that these songs got added. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this song plus another remix of it, but it's that one's very different and a lot more interesting. Uh, you mean Himawari Sunset? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Himawari Sunset is uh, has a different name, but it's basically the same rhythm uh, or the same melody. Yeah, I mean that's uh, basically Toho in a nutshell. It's just yeah. like for anyone who doesn't know. I mean, I don't really claim to know a lot about what Toho is, but like Toho. Is like I think it's the shoot 'em up stuff, right? I'm gonna yeah, I'm, yeah, someone's yes. gonna someone's gonna like rip me a new one. Yeah, and, it's a shmup series. Yeah, yeah. And basically, it got really popular because of the music, and then people just started remixing all of the music, and yeah. it became a thing that like you remix songs from this game. So a lot of songs have the same melodies. A lot of songs that you think of like Konami originals or something like Struggle. Mm-hmm. We talk about Struggle all the time. Um, <laughs> Struggle is a Toho remix, so like you might hear a song with the same melody as yeah. Struggle somewhere else on the internet. Which, by the way, this was actually the um, the original idea behind Sound Voltex. So Z- Sound yeah, Voltex was yeah. supposed to be, uh, like, the, all the music in Sound Voltex was supposed to be all remixes. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, like, community yeah. made stuff. Yeah, and it started out that way. Like, yeah. it was all, basically, remixes. And a lot of them were Toho remixes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, a really vibrant community for just, like, kind of underground music artists who don't tour. They're, they're just kind of people who just make music and they tend to remix like Toho stuff in yeah. Japan. I think Red Alice got started that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the big Dojin music scene. It's, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool and uh, it's something that I, I think is very Japanese and maybe makes sense why these songs didn't make it outside of Japan. Yeah. But it's, so it's really interesting. Himawari Sunset is so close to like the, the melody is very much Chernobyl's Perfect Math Class. But, but it's a swing version. It's a total, it's just like completely different take on it uh-huh. and I have to tell you that it's one of my favorite charts that's Came up, come out recently. Oh, it's spectacular. Like, yeah. it is... I don't know who can, like, come back with me, take a trip to Supernova 2, <laughs> but Angelus from Supernova oh, yeah. 2 is one of my favorite charts that's ever been in DDR. It's pretty good. And it's just the way that it mixes in the 16ths with the 12th notes, and that's basically what Himawari Sunset does. It's just like, yeah. here's some 12ths, 
and you're having a great time. Like, it's just a super well-written chart. I'm like, I'm... I want to MFC it so bad the next time I go to Japan. So, so this one is a uh, 13, but I think it's pretty solid. That is, a, it's actually a 13. Because yeah. it's got some tricky time signature stuff. Yeah, it's on. got very interesting rhythms, and like mm. you said, switching back and forth between 16ths and 12ths. Yeah. Which is incredibly my shit. Yeah. It's a really uh, cool song, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the song's just really, really good, too. Like, yeah. I want to just... You know, bump that shit <laughs> it's in, my, in my in my Honda Civic. You know, <laughs> it's like it's just like right at the base. It's just like right at the base, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so the last one, uh, this one did not have an impact on me at all. Do you know the how to say this? Oh yeah, I was gonna actually research how to say it before the show, and I forgot. So uh, it says Kimi something. Kimi something. Uh, a soul or a, a bokumo. It's basically the, it's a twelve with just eighth notes. So it's a uh, it's basically an idol song. It's the Osamatsu song of the It's the same people who did that. They did this song, I believe. It's like a girl girl band. Yeah, I think so. And this is just like apparently, I think. Aaron or someone said that like the the vocals were by Asaki. Like, he mm. just wrote the lyrics for this thing. I don't know if it's for. It's like some sort of. It's idol adjacent. adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's the? This is gonna be the weirdest like phrase I've ever said in my life. It's idol adjacent. <laughs> but it's uh, it's yeah, it's nothing to write home about. It's yeah, it's kind of just. So whatever. it's by the same people that did the Osamatsu-san theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I was watching Osamatsu-san last night, and you were watching. No, yeah, <laughs> like the wait, the, like the anime. The, Oh, okay. I was and, uh, at the, the chart, or I don't, I don't know. I was just... During the credits, there's actually something. There's a there's a credit that says Konami Amusement. Oh, so maybe they're involved with the production of the show. Oh, I was wondering yeah, like, why right. we got that theme and as part of the American Ace release and not this thing. Uh, you know? That could be. So it. maybe oh, it's yeah. because Konami's part of the show or something. I don't it's know. The, the uh, old they got their, they got their tendrils and all sorts of random stuff. They that's, do. They're really Japan. trying to break into the idol scene. Yeah. And that's that's the the song that uh, hasn't come out yet, um, but we was announced was the Dreaming Ing, mm-hmm. the, which the, is like it's another idol song. Yeah, like it is specifically for like their new idol game. Mm. But Konami's like realizing, okay. Well, we tried putting a bunch of waifus in games, and people still don't like them as much as, like, Love Live or something, or Idol Master, <laughs> yeah. and so we'll just make our own idol game. It's like, well, you're, like, three years late, but okay, I guess if it means we get a new song in DDR, I wonder then that's if it's going to take off. I don't know. But um, it's still unclear on whether or not we're going to get that in the U.S. I, I suspect probably not. Uh, yeah, if, if all the other ones... Well, yeah. if it's related to a Konami project, that's the thing. If it's if it's actually Konami who made the song, which it looks like it is, then we might get it because there's no cost for them to give it to us. Whereas these other ones, like I'm not really well. Definitely, the Toho stuff is like must have cost them an arm and a leg for some of these licenses, maybe. And so I mean, it's but it's yeah, it's like fifty fifty at this point. Yeah, yeah. but uh, sort of on the topic of just these songs, like it's getting to the point where it's it's kind of frustrating, like that the U.S. doesn't get them. Yeah, it hasn't happened that much though. But, but the thing is, it happens enough where it matters that, like, for them to, like, w- what I'm nervous about is, like, Konami is sometimes making a conscious decision of, like, okay, we're going to license this song. Mm-hmm. Where do we license it? And it seems to be the trend is, like, we're going to license it for Asia only. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Konami Originals, I don't think anyone doubts that we're going to get those. It's, it's really the question of actual licenses, which yeah. a lot of times are, like, back in Extreme, licenses were the reason you played Extreme. You wanted to play all the Eurobeat and yeah. like I mean people played Afronova and stuff, but yeah. like I'm just nervous that like it's it seems almost like they're setting the precedent for themselves of just like, oh, when we license something new, we're just gonna license it in mm. Asia. Yeah. I don't I just don't want that to be like the thing that they decide is like, oh, we decided that it's just good for us to do this rather than like 
let's see what the cost is for America or something. Yeah, because like because we, we didn't get the previous batch either. The Hatsune Miku and uh, Brain Matter Explosion Girl. Yeah, and Shao Narudu. Yeah, we also uh, didn't, but we didn't get the Exit Tune licenses from last year. We didn't get Lost One. No Gokoku. Oh, right. yeah. We didn't get uh, so Amano Jaku, and we didn't get uh, Mitsumite. So well, no, no, those, that's totally different. I it's mean, not from Exit Tunes. Oh, that's, it, that's... it is, but it's not the, th- the three Exit Tunes. So there, like, what I was hoping for was bef- when Ace was coming out, like every, like even though we were missing some songs, and Zuto Mitsumite was one of them. I was hoping that going forward they would start to license everything now that they knew that, that America was a region instead of like going back and renegotiating old contracts, which I'm sure is hard, mm-hmm. like for everything new going forward, let's license it everywhere. But that did the, the, in September of last year, the three, it was like Rokucho, no, whatever. It's the 6 billion something or other. Then lost one, no Gokoku and Amano Jaku were the three songs that were from exit tunes that we did not get. It was confirmed. And I yeah. was like, okay, this is bad because this means even though they know that this exists in America, they are cons- they are okay with not giving it to Americans. Yeah, could um, be. I mean, it probably is quite difficult to license these. I mean, so. yeah. and like most of them, I don't care that much about because, like we said, like they're just like twelves, which per- like personally, I don't really care that much about. But when yeah. something like um, Himawari Sunset, and it's like, oh man, that looks really fun. Like I want to play that. Yeah, or like. Even the Hatsune Miku, like, it's a 16, and, like, it, I'm trying to, like, PFC more 16. Exactly, it, yeah. Sorry, air quotes, and that would be And that would be one that would be pretty, uh, pretty low-hanging easy. fruit. <laughs> yeah. That's the easiest 16. Yeah, uh, it's it's rated less than a 16 on DDR communities. Uh, oh, it is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it like, the, it's like a 15 point something? No, it, it's on the 16 page, but it's, like, literally the, like, less than symbol 16. Oh, ra- ra- nice. Rather than 16.0. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so. The shade. So, nice, David. Yeah. Shout <laughs> That's the DDR community so for that shade. My prediction actually is that I think that these might even be temporary licenses. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, every license is temporary. Yeah, but I, I think like the, it might not even make it to whatever the next. Major it's very DDR true. Is. I mean, that's so like they probably just didn't want to bother. Yeah. With I can understand that, but at the same time, it makes Still me sad, sad. because true. like it used to be me thinking like when I saw stuff come out in Japan. Like one thing that actually really pisses me off to this day is the fact that I've never played Beautiful Life on Supernova. And it's because on Supernova, there was a one-month time where oh, yeah. they licensed a song from a movie and put it in DDR, and I have, and it was only on eAmusement, obviously only in Japan at that time, and I've never played it. And, like, I look at my, like, Supernova score tracker, like, I look at all the songs that have existed in Supernova. I have a AAA, PFC on every single one of them, except Beautiful Life. And uh, apparently people have played it in the U.S. Somehow someone got it working but until I have get to try on that machine or someone tells me how to do it on my machine, I'm never going to get to play it. And it feels like it's just the completionist in me yeah. is like just contorting and oh, Konami, why? Like, it's true. So like it was like I used to think back when Thank You, Merry Christmas came out. I was really jealous. You went to Japan, Roger, yeah, pointing at Roger right now <laughs> for Christmas one Japan when they released Thank You, Merry Christmas. And it was like, it's going to be here for two weeks. And I was like. Am I seriously never going to PFC this yeah, song? Yeah, I, I got it, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> congrats. I was really mad at you for a while, but now I know that they bring it back every uh, every December 25th-ish time. But, you know, it's just that thing. It's like, if if do I have to, like, take a flight to Japan to play these limited-time songs just so I don't feel like I'm missing out on something? I know well, I'm, That's like, not the worst thing, but, you know, like... It's still it would be it would be ideal if we could, we we could get everything. Yeah, I, know. I I obviously it's not the worst thing. It's just it it says more kind of about the precedent that's happening. Like yeah. I just don't want it to be just ah like for licenses like 
just throw it to Asia because it costs half as much money. It's also like who knows what's actually happening within Konami around the DDR project right now, because it's clear that DDR Ace is over, like air quotes over now that Endymion and Ace for Aces have been released and that, you know, it's all been done. So maybe they're on the verge of releasing the next version or they're planning it or something. And maybe these like these idle songs are just kind of like a stopgap measure to to keep people in Japan entertained. I think they know that we're still entertained by it because it's still rolling out here and we haven't had as much time as the Japanese community to familiarize ourselves with all the songs and stuff. So from my perspective, it seems like Ace still has staying power for me. Yeah. yeah, it's it's over now. Who and I? Who knows what's going to happen next? Yeah, Japan has so much other stuff to do. It's possible that they've <laughs> already licensed a bunch of cool new stuff for the next version. That's the thing. I mean, I could imagine a scenario where like this, these idol songs or something, or the or you know Himawari Sunset or something. Like they could either license it for DDR Ace and DDR Base, or <laughs> just Base for like the you know the entire world. So there's precedent for songs coming like being in different folders and like previewing in a previous mix and then coming out yeah like, they do that for 2dx yeah so uh you know i'm not you can't write it off entirely i'm just my hopes aren't uh super, super high, high. Yeah. yeah we'll see yeah. all right so let's move on to uh something that we really want to talk about which was uh, the endymion challenge chart Woo! it's uh, not only been revealed but also cleared by ffms damn uh, so he passed it with one life on life four remaining yep Pretty intense. Yes. So you want to start off, Jeff, by telling us about what you think? Okay, so I have, like, I have so many thoughts about this. I uh, love, love, love this chart. I, I, Endemion is easily the best boss song that's ever existed. I think we I, all agree. I think, that. oh, uh, so in other news, we found out that uh, uh, Rabbiton's, what is it? Um, Fallen Shepherd featuring Rabbiton Strings is it's Arm. Mm-hmm. Um, same per- person who made Come to Life. Well, is Iosis is the circle, right? Is the Dojin circle? I think Arm is a person, and then like Iosis, you always see after that is like the the circle they're a part of. So Arm also. I'm did not the, totally sure. I believe I believe that's the case. I think that is. Arm also did the two new songs, the two new Asian songs, the Cherno's Perfect Math Class and Himawari Sunset. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arm is yeah, and did yeah, basically the original of that. And come to life, which is also and, a I very mean, good. Oh, song. Yes. Really, what could have we what could have we asked for more like than. A boss song done by the same person who did Come to Life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another boss song. <laughs> this one actually being a boss song. And it's, it's just, like, let's talk about the song first. I mean, I know it's been out, but, like... Yeah. It's so good. It goes through, like, seven different genres. Yeah. And yeah. just blows my mind. Like Come I'm, to Life does the same thing. It does, yeah. But to a lesser extent, I love that there's no vocals in Endemion. Mm-hmm. I normally love vocals, but, like, it just... Without the vocals, you have so much room to, like, just... Go in like totally different directions. Yeah. It's like uh-huh. it feels like a boss song, but it's also listenable. All the it's good just like, you, you like read the song title and then just start like humming the song. Yeah, yeah. We just yeah. talked about it today, and I'm just like, all of a sudden, I'm just like, distort the data. I'm just like, I'm just like, it's it's for hours. I just can't escape it. It's so it's so hype. I I think one reason why it's so good is because Arm, the the artist behind it, obviously grew out of the doujin scene the mm-hmm. doujin music scene in in japan and those people grew up listening to bimani songs so that guy's probably digested every boss song that's ever been made for every music <laughs> yeah. game and out of that comes endymion and it's yeah. just I think, and, and i think rabbiton strings adds like a whole like a it's a beautiful song the violins yeah. i i keep saying i love violins in any song and this is it, they work mm-hmm. so perfectly 
So, yeah. So the violins I thought reminded me of a pump song. I think a lot of like pump boss songs. Yeah. Cause, well, because they, they a lot of those are, are the Banya songs yeah, are remixes songs. Yeah. of classical, classical yeah, yeah. songs. But this is like a whole original song yeah. that that and I, it just blends like the hardcore music with the violins mm-hmm. like so well. Oh, so good. And, and I, I could talk think, about this for hours. I <laughs> so I, I also think it's like it was just meant to be a boss song. Like the the person I guess Arm sitting down to write this song was like this is going to be. Like they, they, I feel like they told this person oh, they, like, they definitely what did. the chart is going to look like before the song was even made. I'm it's sure like, it was just like this is going to be the hardest song. Yeah, in it's going to have everything. You're kind of yeah. So like the the song, it, like the chart has everything and the song has everything. Too. Yeah, it's like it's the really... song has the speed ups, it has the slowdowns, it has the the drops, and all of the charts are good. The 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 basic charts good. I yeah, love the, the difficult charts really fun. Difficult's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the experts one of my probably my is it my favorite eighteen probably. Yeah, it's a very good. I mean, it's a hard. 18. It's hard. It's but, one of the hardest eighteen, but it's it's very good. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like super. There's a discussion sort of about the challenge chart and the DDR players group, but it, it remind me of the expert chart even of that. Like, it's not really that like bullshit. Like a lot of the eighteens and nineteens have like a lot of slowdowns and speed ups and stuff, and like and Demion really doesn't. Like, they're pretty it, easy to learn. Yeah, like the speed up, especially on expert, is just a left right drill. Yeah. On difficult, it's just a hold, and then you don't even have to know the next step because unlike revolutionary addict or something, yeah, yeah, it, it gives it, you one beat. Yeah, before. there's a beat, so you can kind of tell what's coming up and next. they're all are actually i think in almost every chart or maybe every chart it's an up down jump yeah so it's like it's no matter what chart you've learned you translate that really well to the one you're trying to get so yeah. like I, it's just it's so well designed that the challenge if i can speak to the challenge a little bit like i didn't want to play the challenge a lot of people were asking me like jeff are you going to do endemion challenge because i was the first person to reveal it um i didn't care I looked at the chart the, the, as much as I could pass, and I realized that like there was absolutely no way mm-hmm. that I was going to be able to do it yeah. because I just I can't combo that well. Yeah, and so I was waiting very patiently for Fafens to do it or Chris to do it or somewhere. Brosoni actually got really far too. A couple people to give a little bit of history too. Some people were playing it on cut one or cut two, um, which cut one and cut two will take the six the the sixteenths out and the eighths out. Right, the cut two I think is the more strict yeah. one. Yeah, like so, but basically just to just to look at some of the components of the chart. Yeah, yeah. basically be able to tell. So like even before Fafems had reached there, we saw that there was that section of like what is it, eight eight jumps, ten jumps at the end, left yeah, the yeah. left right jumps exactly. Like so we could <laughs> see that, and people were like. Uh, are there going to be eight notes in between there? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so it was kind of a guessing game to fill in the gaps there, but like people at least had sort of an idea of what the ending might be like. And, and we knew we, we can tell roughly based on the step count. Like it, like the first step, if you get a marvelous, you get a certain number of points. You can sort of extrapolate that to how many points are available in the song. Mm-hmm. So I think it was known that there were like 922 or 923 steps um, for a long time. It's hard because you don't know when freezes are going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, there could have... I guess that no, we we would have seen if there were shock arrows. Yeah, oh uh, um, yeah. So. I, I think Caesar uh, pointed out on Twitter earlier that uh, Seen, who the the person who uploads those chart videos, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, pointed out on the video page that if we were going by the old combo count with with the jumps, that the step count for Endemian Challenge would be over a thousand. Yeah, wow. oh, counting jumps as two. Yeah, counting two. jumps as yeah. two. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it does have a. So speaking of the chart, it. Has a lot of jumps. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of freezes, too. A lot of streams. A lot of streams. Yeah, it, it's it, got everything. It's, just it's, like so, it's so well-rounded, and, like, 
the patterns flow. It's not like Paranoia Revolution where there's yeah. all these like crazy like double steps and like you have to switch between sections. Like it's it, not like diggers either. Yeah, it, yeah. It just it's it's a for nineteen. Like it's the hardest nineteen. Absolutely. I uh, mean, when I first saw that, I was like, I, I post about this on Twitter. This is in a league above every other nineteen that's come out. Just the crossovers at the end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I like surprised. It's not a twenty. Honestly. I honestly like legit am surprised. Like if if. I had to rate Endemion without seeing the difficulty. I would have rated it at a 20. Yeah. Like, and if this is a 19, exactly. this, then what is a 20? What yeah. is a 20? Exactly. Yeah. Um, like, so, so actually, there was a question. Somebody asked about, you know, could, would a 20 potentially be longer? Even? Uh, oh, like, yeah. like, is that how Konami would? Yeah, how so, long is Endemion? So, I mean... Uh, like, two minutes. Amin on Twitter asked, uh, do you think increasing song length and step chart is a good way for Konami to make 20 difficulty songs harder instead of gimmicks? Gimmicks are, are gimmicks and boss songs are like married. Yeah. There's the first 20 is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to be even more gimmicky than, than the ones that we have now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it might be, it might push like two fifteen, but I don't think they're going to like, be like, hey, here's the first 20. It's three minutes long. And it would be nice if they didn't do that, too, because yeah. historically what Konami has done is they've done the opposite of what, what's happened in the ITG scene, where the ITG scene, is the, they increase the difficulty of these songs by, oh, you got to play it for six minutes. you got to stream mm-hmm. 200 beats per minute for six minutes long, whereas Konami takes the strategy of, okay, like, how much can we fit into this Bimani length song? Yeah, yeah that's and, the like, thing. How hard can we make it? Given these constraints, yeah, they're they're always going to be constrained by the fact that like a credit is a certain amount of time, and yeah. for the longer you make a song, the more you are taking away from your own bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if every credit is you know Pacelli and goes a cut goes to Konami, they they got to make games go pretty quickly. Actually, I like to think that may, they're probably thinking more creatively. Creat- yeah, I, I think, think so. I think but it also like, you makes you try harder. Yeah, they're intentionally imposing constraints. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I oh, think I yeah. But the, you're you're right too. I think that the the there is an overall game goal of like each game needs to be like seven minutes or something. Yeah, some I I would I would expect so. Yeah, but like the the chart, I Dalton was saying that there are some people who are uh, upset about the chart, which I think is really interesting that you could be upset about this chart. It How is, could you be upset about a chart? Well, that too. <laughs> I'll get into that. But well, uh, let's. Let's talk about some of the specific complaints. Do you, do you guys remember any of the anything that's, uh, uh, people uh, pe- specifically? People mainly out? said that it didn't flow well, which I don't really understand. What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, it, so it, the it, only thing, the thing I could see. So in the middle part, there's the part where there's freezes on sixteenths, and it's kind of unclear like how you do the crossover, and it's kind of unclear like you can't visually see that like this freeze that's in the middle of a blue and a red note is actually like a sixteenth. Yeah. Because it's on a freeze. That can be a little bit confusing. It can kind of be weird to like position yourself the right way. There are parts where you have to double step too. Not are there? Re- not really. I don't think. I don't so. think there are. Like like the, the, some of the jumps are placed such that you you have to turn very quickly to hit them. Uh, especially like sort of in the beginning section, a lot of them are sort of like what I would call awkwardly placed jumps. But I think it was intentional to increase the difficulty and to tire you out. Like yeah. it's if they were just. If the, if it flowed better, like it would be yeah. like egoism. Like you're 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 not going to get tired. Like but, if if they're yeah, yeah. I like definitely even, get tired playing egoism. The thing is, oh, I'm sorry. Like egoism actually does have a bunch of double steps. Yes. And <laughs> uh, but like the streams themselves all flow, quote unquote. But like, and Demion is just like yeah, it's it's hard because in the there's the middle streamy part 
and on some of the freezes, you have to start the next run crossed over. And that's not obvious, but it does set you up for it. Mm-hmm. And so like I I can I can imagine that like you look at that and you say, Oh, it doesn't flow because you have a double step in the stream or something, but if you actually start it crossed over, then you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm, l- I'm looking at the chart again, actually. Oh yeah. So the part in particular that I was thinking of is uh that's the part that goes boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that's that, so, that so double step run yeah. or the, the or, foot switch. Yeah, there. so it's foot switches. Some uh, some of them are, but also there's one one of those runs you do have to start crossed over. Yeah. yeah. Like it's Again, it's not obvious, but, like, if you take a look at this chart for more than 30 seconds... It's true. ...then yeah. you can, like, really digest it. I'm just, like, I want to... I'm going to go to my soapbox a little bit here. I think it's really... Like, Endemion CSP is just... It's such an interesting chart, and it does... Like, it, it's going to improve DDR. Like, it improves the game by existing, because it's doing tons of things that other charts don't do. And, like, that merits, like, appreciation... Absolutely. Um, like, mm-hmm. like if I want to stream at 220, the only basically my only choice was egoism. Now I can learn how to cross over at 222 and into step jumps. Like it's Damn. brutal. This yeah. chart is brutal. Brutal doesn't mean bad. Yeah. Like, and I think it's so easy to conflate those two of just like, oh, I can't do it, or oh, it it like identifies a bunch of my weaknesses. Hey, guess what? I'm really bad at drills. 24th notes at 220 BPM are going to wreck me. Yeah. And th- their foot switches around them. That is so, so hard. And I'm not going to combo that for the first 50 times I play that yeah, song. Yeah, but does that mean it's bad? No, it just means that I have to, like, really introspect and, like, figure out a way to do it. I saw Fafems in his video combo that. Like, <laughs> that I, he gets greats and goods, but, like, I wouldn't... I can't dream of that right now. And I, like... It gives me so much to push for. And it's just, like, I, I just... I have such an appreciation for pushing the envelope in terms of what's possible. I think we forget how much in the grooves did that back in the day. Yeah. And how much they like, no one really likes all the step jumps in pandemonium. I don't think yeah. they're hard. Yeah. Like they, and then there's mines everywhere. Or, or like tell for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I mean, I remember seeing the chart for delirium for the first time. Yeah. Um, and I was like, there's no way anybody can do that. Like, that, you can't stream for 20 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Like, or Euphoria, even. Yeah, that, I mean, that, <laughs> like, drills, like, as, yeah, ITG really pushed the envelope with a lot of these things. And yeah. and people probably then looked looked at that and said, oh, that's a bad chart. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly the point I'm making. Like, it's... It's so easy to compare, especially I think DDR has the unfortunate, you know, consequence of being a mainline game that's still very tied to In the Groove, where people will look at the line out of Endemion and then like make their own chart. And yes, it's like it's it flows perfectly and it doesn't throw anything you don't expect at you because it's just like the community has sort of decided that you follow certain rules and you make a good chart out of it based on like everyone sort of like collectively deciding what good goodness means in a chart and then konami comes out and like throws in crossovers and step jumps and 24th drills that don't really go with the music and it's so easy to just make the one-to-one comparison and say this is like this chart is worse than this other chart without actually like stepping back and thinking like what does this chart add to the game and like how can it help me develop as a player and how does it give me something like a goal or like an achievement when i beat it or something yeah like that those things are kind of taken for granted, and I think especially over the years we haven't really appreciated like how bleeding edge some of these things can be. 
Um, like, I think when I first saw foot switches, they were the craziest things in the world yeah. to me. And, you know, if you had just made a chart, some of the charts that I've seen in the groove that are exclusively foot switches, not exclusively, but like, I think Central Utopia or a lot of the stuff in the Loaded Future Pack that Mad Matt made, that stuff was like, this is impossible. Like, you can't stream and also have foot switches in the stream. That's just not happening. You, your feet can't lift up that fast. And then people figured it out. Mm-hmm. And this happens in, like, fighting games when a, when a character is too strong and you have to figure out ways around it. Or in a MOBA where a character is overpowered and you have to, like, figure out what champions counter them. Like, this, it, it's just one of those things that I think makes a game really deep and interesting. And I like your like, I like your comparison to other video games. Like, yeah. think, think of it like a video game again. And so this is the boss. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing that always appealed to me about DDR versus ITG is that D- DDR is like a legitimate like video game that was produced as a product to be sold like to people to appeal to them as like a work of art, like mm-hmm. a self-contained work of art. And I think if you look at things like the chart for Endymion as a work of art then you can say, oh, that's really interesting It because it, you know, it makes me feel something. If it makes you feel really strongly, whether you your immediate reaction is that it's bad or that it's amazing, like, that's a little bit more interesting and probably better for your life than you seeing just another streamy, like, six-minute-long 200 BPM ITG custom. And, like, what's what's good to me is things that make me think and things that, like make me feel things and and Demian makes me feel things. <laughs> and I, I want to stress that like I don't want I don't mean to bash in the groove or anything like no I, it, I, I, I love I, I loved all playing all those charts and, but, but even in the recent age like I think it's step step making has been such like a like it's like a refined art now yeah, yeah. and there's so much customizability and that really I think that has pushed DDR in a certain direction that it wouldn't have otherwise gone in so like in the same way, we, I think it's important to appreciate Endemion for what it brings to DDR. I think it's also important to appreciate how ITG really like pushed the envelope yeah. back in the day and yeah. continues to. It's, I mean, if you look at the gap between Extreme and Supernova, which is where ITG came out. Yeah. Like, if you look at the difficulty gap from Max Unlimited or Legend of Max, I guess. PSMO, or, I would say. Or yeah, or yeah, PSMO to Fascination Max. Exactly. Like, it's such a jump in difficulty that you can't help but like attribute that to Konami seeing ITG and go, oh, people want to play harder stuff. Yeah, exactly. And now they finally, I think, I feel like Konami has really hit a sweet spot with making charts that are hard, but are also good. Mm -hmm. And interesting. And interesting, yeah. And so, like, I I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, but I really just, like, I think so many of the games have such good traits to them, and I think it's important to, like, just take stock of all the coolness that comes out of all these different styles, and make sure, like, there's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just that like they are different and it's important to understand why different is good. If everything was the same, a lot of us wouldn't be playing. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely would not be playing right now if I didn't have such variety in what I could do. Yeah. And like pump brings a lot of variety in itself. Like, so you have three different mainstay dance games right now that all do something very, very different. And you can learn something from all of them and take them into other games. And, and so, and like, they they influence each other exactly. Okay. Like they, everything is like everything is connected, right? It's that's we so, are connected. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that's not the quote. What is I was going to make an ITG disconnected joke, oh, but. Fair <laughs> but you know, like it's just like I feel like if you are the type of person who listens to the show and also like rages a lot in Facebook posts about <laughs> why something is bad, like 
just step back and like think about why it might be good instead. Because there's a chance that the thing you think is bad is actually very good. Or, or I, I think it's also worth to distinguish, and it, it may be a fine line, but distinguish between this chart is bad or I don't like this chart. Yeah. The, the, there are no charts that are bad because someone likes it. I guarantee you. So, like, it's almost like when people are saying this chart is bad, there there's an implicit, in my opinion, in front of that. Mm-hmm. But it really, like, I think you start acting like you're talking down to people when you say, like, this chart is bad because it can come across as saying, like, Oh, but I like that is, chart. This is true. This is a true fact, and there's <laughs> no, you know, arguing with me about, like, it is objectively true that this is bad. Or even some people do it in the reverse way of just saying this chart is objectively better than this other chart, a lot of because ITG lets you make all these customs. Yeah, um, I mean, I think everybody else here loves the June songs. Yeah, like you. Oh, uh, yeah. we gonna talk K- about June songs? K- Kimono Princess and and uh, Silver Dream, Silver Dream, and Crazy what, Love. What was the one? Yeah, Crazy, Crazy Love that I played the other day. Right, that yeah. Dalton's about to get some hate mail right now. Well, <laughs> FYI. So I mean, but but <laughs> this is what kind of made me think of it was that you know I was playing it the other day and like I. There's so and I can't put my finger on it, but there's something I just don't find enjoyable about me playing those songs. It, they're the charts, I guess, and I also don't particularly like the songs. But like Jeff loves the songs, and I, so do I. I am yeah, a Komodo I, I princess. Do too. And, I, I'm a and, Komodo princess, and it, it's just a matter of it's preference. It's preference. Like, like June, June is there. The all the songs. Maybe this is why you don't like them, but. June songs should be easy, and they're all really hard. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the best part. It, yeah, I feel like there's too many jumps and like weird. I don't know. They but so what they're doing in all of those songs is that they're like Jeff said, they're taking something that sounds like it should be bright and happy and easy, <laughs> and they're making it hard. And the way that a lot of them make it hard is by doing things that people like in certain Facebook groups or whatever might say are quote awkward or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're doing that. As like a textural element, right? Like, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't flow. But does everything have to flow? No. If everything flows, then nothing flows. Like, it's just if like I always think about like if you give everyone a participation trophy, then like <laughs> you might as well have not done it. Like things need to be different. Okay, yeah. sorry. I I need to correct what I said because there is one June song that I really like. And it's Paranoia Hades. Oh my god. <laughs> See, that's the only one I don't like. Yeah. I, Not I, Paranoia Hades, the expert. I haven't played the challenge much, uh, but I do like the expert and I like the song. So, so I, I like the, the the way that the June charts are. I like the way it kind of colors by perception of them in the song list even. Like, I think if they were just like 12s, I would just be like, oh yeah, that, that's a good song. I, really I mean, I like Twinkle Heart. That's pretty <laughs> yeah, great. Sunkiss Drop is great. To, yeah, so like you'll kind of pass by them, but like when I when I see like Silver Dream or Komodo Princess or something like that, and I'm like coming up to them like fuck that song, <laughs> <laughs> like, unbelievable, like holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just like look at it in a different way. I look at it, I'm like jamming, but then I'm also shaking my head at the same time. <laughs> like oh no, yeah. something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> gonna mess up this crossover. Yeah. And yeah, I just like I love how like Silver Dream just like the first time you, you like as soon as you hear it, it starts. Yeah, just, bam. It's, 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 <laughs> My point was, I don't think they're objectively bad. Whenever I play them, I'm just not enjoying myself. Yeah, and which that's is, fair. Which is the point. And you're allowed to. Yeah. But do like, change they, your they do add something to the game yeah, that I sure. think would be missing otherwise. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's the cool part about having, like, everyone's allowed to have various tastes and preferences, but if everything was perfect for you, it would be very wrong to someone else. And so I think it's, like, you have to appreciate... Like, kind of stepping back and being objective about it and saying, well, I don't like this chart personally, 
But it does do this thing, which I think is cool. And yeah, also, you, maybe sometimes what you should do is play the stuff that you don't like. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, we talked about this in the getting, like, you know, improving episode, but I there used to be a lot of songs that I didn't like, and I played them a lot because I had to get good at them, and now I like them. And so, like, it's just, why, why shout to the heavens that you don't like something when you could just give yourself the chance to like it? Like, yeah. just like... Be like, okay, I'll I'll reserve judgment on it until I've played it three times. Then you play it three times, you're like, wow, I actually like it. Now you don't look so silly about posting that you like it when three days ago you said you didn't like it. <laughs> so think I, about your future self and how your opinions might change. I think this this kind of stuff also just makes you think about the game uh, outside of playing the game, too. I feel like if everything was the same, I would just be like, yeah, I'm going to play DDR, and then you play DDR, it's over. But it's like, if you if you find, if you come across a chart that's like, you know, does really something really different, or maybe something that you didn't like, and it made you feel uncomfortable in some way. That's what makes you kind of think about it after your yeah. So your brain's got a crunch on the data. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crunching on the data. So that's what happened to me a few times. There's a couple of charts. I think like Poochie was one of them where I hated that song. Yeah, when I first played it, but I played it and I hated it, and I, and I, I kept saying to myself too, like I hate that chart. But it made me think about it a lot. Yeah, I, I started crunching on it, and then I found myself at home playing it on Step Mania a bunch. And uh, now I really like it. I don't so. think it's a bad chart. I'm just very bad at it. Yeah, I, I'm I also suck very at that bad. Song. It's a really good chart. I, I would love to be very good at that chart. Yeah. Yeah, I watched Chris play it a lot in Japan, and I was yeah. like, oh, it looks like I could do that. I'll just copy what he's doing. <laughs> yep. Play it. No. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> How I feel every time I play with Jeff. Yeah. Oh, so maybe uh, this is a, this might be a nice segue into... Um, I think we can get to questions. You want to do questions first? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we, we're... Yeah, we're, we're, like, we're, we're running a bit long, so let's just uh, jump to the questions. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we're gonna we had our discussion. We're gonna talk about questions now. So and gonna, I, see, this is this has been so fun so far. I just want to point out, like, yeah. I would love to do this every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Oh, I, I did want to talk about the uh, the energy drink question because I thought that was fun. <laughs> so. Oh, that's that's a good one to kick it off. Yeah. So Jess uh, asks if someone is hitting a wall with stamina, so specifically stamina problem, would you recommend energy drinks? And if so, which ones are the best? No, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I, stamina and energy are completely different things. That's true. I, th- I think it's a, it's a complicated issue because the function of caffeine, one of the effects that it has on, on your body is that it blocks your nerve cells uh, from, like, from dealing with this hormone that your body emits that, can, that regulates fatigue. So caffeine makes you awake by blocking your body's ability to tell when it's tired. So in that sense... It might it, it can help with stamina in that like you won't think that you're tired when you actually are tired, <laughs> which is like, you know, you wake up and you haven't gotten a lot of sleep. So you drink a bunch of coffee or whatever. It makes you think that you're awake. You're not really awake. So it's, it's complicated, right? It's going to make your heart beat faster. Heart rate's going to go up. And for me, I use energy drinks mainly for accuracy. I feel like it just makes me zone in a little bit more. Yeah. But really, it's not. It's not going to be a, a magic solution, you know. No. I, I drink the the Monster Ultra Zero all the time, which just is, really which is what it. I would recommend. It, yes, that that is that is the answer to the question. I that, drank is the, one. that is the official Arrow panel. Uh, I was drinking one during the show, <laughs> and it's really good, and it makes me feel great while I'm playing DDR. And I, 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 the, the thing is, though, the thing is, though, like. Is that really what's going to fix your problem? No, it, that is a, like a super stopgap measure. It's temporary. Like you need to develop the stamina. Like, yeah. yeah, you do not. Energy drinks are completely separate. I 
from I, I would I would say and, and Roger alluded to this that it may help with focus perhaps or if 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 you're tired like you know you didn't get a lot of sleep the night before it may help you like focus or like pep mm-hmm. you up a bit but like if you're trying to play a hard song it's not going to make your legs move faster yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, also in fact the 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 effect that it has where it speeds up your heart rate like Having your heart beat really fast when it doesn't need to be beating really fast is actually going to tire you out faster. Yeah, you're, sometimes. you're using more energy yeah. when, you're, when your heart is beating faster. So it's actually probably, I don't know, I don't know that I'd call it detrimental, but I certainly don't think it would help with stamina. Please don't drink energy drinks to increase your stamina. Just play the game a lot, you'll increase your stamina. Yeah. Well, yeah, drink, just, and drink them because it's delicious yeah, and zero calories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude, dude, that's why I drink them. I, I'm kind of against it because I just think that uh, you could get addicted to it and then you can't play DDR without yeah, it. Like yeah, yeah, like coffee. Yeah, like coffee. I mean, too, I'm addicted but... to Monster Ultra Zero now. I have like 50 <laughs> of them upstairs. Yeah, so probably don't like rely on energy drinks to do good at DDR. Yeah. But uh, yeah, also, I guess to, as a summary, it's like it's a uh, it might help you mentally, but it's not going to help you physically. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Let's take another question. Um, Naoya Yamamoto from Facebook asks, uh, what do players do to warm up? Are there any specific songs or exercises that you do to improve scores on high level songs? I usually just, I, I mean, it really depends on what your goal for the day is. Um, like if I'm going into a day where I'm like, Hey, I want to play this set. I want to get a certain score on this 17. Like a couple weeks ago, I was trying to triple a, uh, Pluto relinquish expert, which 17 has fairly fast runs at the end. Like on a normal day, I may, I may start out with like two sets of like 13s and 14s, but like I ramped up a lot faster. So I was like, Oh, 13, 14, 15, one set or, you know, 16 maybe. And so like by the end of my second set, I was already playing 17s. And it'll vary from every person, like what your warm up song is. I think for a while Roger was playing uh, Saberwing. The, the yeah, f- I was the playing 15. The, the fifteen that Saberwing Satellite Silhouette Mix. I was playing that like every every first song every yeah. time I went to the arcade, and it just helped get my legs moving and stuff. But like it, it really depends for me on how long I'm going to be at the arcade. If I'm going to be there for like five or six hours, then I'll be okay with warming up on something easy. But if I'm going to be there for, like, an hour or two, then I'll just go straight into, like, 15s and 16s, something like that. One thing that helps me is the first song that I play, I try to make it at least be on sync so that I get immediately into the accuracy mood. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... The only thing I would caution, like, in general, with warm-ups is it's very easy to play your favorite songs and play kind of on the easier side of things, um, just kind of because it's what you're comfortable with. And say, like, oh, my next set is the one where I'm going to start going yeah. off. And then the next set, you're like, ah, well, I'm still still not feeling quite warm Yeah, I do that yet. all the time. And then, you know, you never end up getting, like, truly warm to do something really hard. Mm-hmm. So I would just, like, I would recommend breaking out of your comfort zone as soon as you can. If that means your first song is a 16, even if you're not that great at 16s or you don't know the song very well. Yeah, it's well, not going to break you for the rest of the day. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, I just think, like, don't. Try not to think about what you're most comfortable with because it's very easy to just to stay for two or three hours. You're warming up the entire time. And if you're staying for 12 hours, maybe that's okay. But a lot of people have other stuff. to The day before KAC, we saw Fafems come in to the arcade and the first song he played was an 18. So (laughs) and I had to do that for KAC. I would walk in and I picked three 18s and a 19 to warm up. And I'm not saying everyone should do that. But that that was more of a side effect of KAC not having warm ups. But like. 
I needed to be prepared to play it cold. And, uh, you know, when I was doing that, I actually got much better at playing 18s cold than yeah, I would have otherwise. Definitely. So. The key is to shock your body. <laughs> um, Caesar asks, what part of the screen do play- pro players read? Top, middle, or bottom? I read around the judgment. A yeah. Little, a little bit higher up than the judgment. And does it change when the BPM changes? Changes when my speed mod changes. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to hit the sweet spot of like right above the judgment. And if there's a speed up in the song, maybe you read a little bit lower or higher if there's a slowdown. Yep, I, that's one of the one of the types of questions that's like I don't think it helps listening to like a player give their opinion on it. It's something you got to find out for yourself. Yeah, yeah I, just, I think everybody reads in different spots. Yep. Um, yeah. So whatever works for you. Yep. Uh, Muhammad asks, uh, "What do you feel is the difference in terms of skill level, stamina, and mentality required to master between uh, DDR and Pump It Up?" Um, also, if anyone plays DDR, do you feel anything different when you play Pump It Up and vice versa? I mean, Pump is such a different game. The scoring is primarily combo-based, so a lot of your focus goes less on accuracy and more on combo. So it doesn't really matter how accurate you are as long as you're getting at least greats or something. Yeah. Um, but a lot, in a lot of the same mentality drivers that will drive you in DDR will drive you in Pump. You know, playing everything... Uh, trying to shore up your weaknesses, you know, being varied, especially on pump where you play on single or double. Yeah, um, I think that's know. the biggest difference is that a lot of the high-level charts on pump are on double, so yeah. that's that's a big difference, and that uh, pump focuses, a lot, especially more recently, on brackets. Yeah, that's um, true, doing, too. Doing bracket jumps and stuff like that, and triples and quads and yeah. whatever, whereas DDR doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I think that's... That's probably the biggest difference between mastering the two. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people who are really good at Pump It Up, and they come over to DDR and they pull out some ridiculous shit. I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to John Tran, or I'm sorry, the Pump It Up player, who, uh, you know, at recent, last week he posted a video of a full combo on Endymion Expert. And I think he's one of the only people in the Bay Area who's done that. The only people in the world yeah, who can do that. Yeah, in the world who can do that. And he's, he's a Pump player, doesn't really play DDR that much. It kind of blew me away when I saw it. I was like, yeah. wow. Like, oh, crossovers is another big thing. So that, yeah. might, that might help, too, that in Pump there's a lot more complicated patterns. There's, there's things that you can learn from both games. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Play, play them both a lot, and uh, you'll be surprised at what uh, the results that you'll see, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so one last thing before we get into housekeeping. I wanted to talk about a new segment that we're doing called Set of the Week. So when you go back to the arcade next time, uh, if you want to take our recommendations, we're, we're doing this thing where we're all going to pick a song and a chart. And... Uh, so Dalton, why don't you go first? What is your pick for the set of the week? My first pick for set of the week is Top the Charts Challenge. Excellent. Uh, it's shock arrows, huh? It's a shock it's arrow shock chart. chart. It's, I think it's probably my favorite shock arrow chart. Um, it's not too hard. It's just fun. And it it, I fun. feel like it goes with the music really well. Yep. And there's some parts where you gotta do like jumps and then come back to the middle panel. Or if you want, just jump very high. I don't find that to be very accurate personally, but and uh, stomp on the dead panel. Yeah, and, and even the parts of the song that aren't heavy in shock arrows are very fun. Um, so fourteen, I think it's 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 probably one of my yeah, favorite. I like it. It's probably one of my favorite fourteens. Period. Actually, yeah. like it's it's just a very fun chart that I think people might uh, pass over because they go, oh, it has shock arrows. Yeah. So I that's my recommendation for the week. Yeah, and for second stage, uh, my pick is Dreamin'. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, it's a song that I don't play very often, but I played it recently, and it was surprisingly difficult for a 12. It's got uh, a couple of Scoobies, although it's pretty slow, 
and uh, it's it throws some some interesting odd notes at you, and uh, I, I thought it was surprisingly challenging. Yeah, I like um, it too. So uh, yeah, dreamin', give that a try. It's kind of a slow song. It's uh, it's pretty nice though. Roger, what's your pick? Yeah, my, my pick is uh, Kachasa, also known as Kachaka. It's a song from DDR Supernova. And How do you pronounce it? Kachasa. Is that really? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a liqueur. It's like a liquor that is produced from the fermented juice of, a sh- of the sugar cane. Wow. Wait, so I didn't know we were supposed to do research for it's this. Popular, <laughs> it's popular in, in Brazil um, and the Caribbean. It's where they made a lot of sh- sugar cane. Um, gotcha. And it's... It's just a really wacky song, and it's got a lot of, like, transitions between 16th notes and 12th notes, and it's kind of a little bit off sync. And just the steps, you, you play it, and you're like, who made this? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody earlier said it's the Hustle Beach of DDR. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone's familiar with that. But it's also, like, a really good song to play if if you're trying to break into being more accurate on weird songs. Like I said, it's a little off, so it takes... A lot of concentration the whole way through. It's not super hard, but it's. I think it's one of those songs that's got a lot of character despite being a pretty, uh, pretty low rating. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Char- character is a good way to describe it. Yeah, I would. I would rather play twelve like Kachaka Cha 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 than uh, <laughs> you know that maybe not like the correct chart but like i'd rather play something that's interesting like that than like another 12 that's just eighth notes Mm -hmm. at like 140 ppm yeah like it's just it's more interesting yeah yeah is this 12 or is it 11 i think it's an 11 i think it's an 11 okay well hard ass 11 11 air quotes yeah well so yeah uh Go play those three songs. Uh, I'll put them in the show notes. Uh, so and send that, us your scores. Yeah. yeah basically, take take play those three songs on your first three stages, and then take a picture and do whatever you want for extra stage. But take a picture, tweet at us, SF underscore evolved. Uh, I kind of want to, like, I don't know. If, we're not going to give away prizes, like, for this one. But, like, it'd be cool to, like, have some sort of... We can shout out, shout out people. Yeah, like, yeah shout out people yeah. who do well or... You know, people who uh, maybe if you're just breaking into like the 14s or something, and you pass that song in in the set, maybe we'll give you a shout out. You know, it's like a I I really like the idea of like people trying new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or, and, and we want to hear your feedback on the songs too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you like about them? What do you, like we're we're gonna try to like we're passing off the torch of like who gets to pick songs mm-hmm. uh, every week. And uh, yeah, like if you find a song you you know you never you passed over. Cause, Whatever, uh, because you thought it sounded weird. You played it. You liked it. Like that's that's really cool. That means you have another thing to go to whenever you're uh, you're you're indecisive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really so, really exciting. Uh, one last thing before we finish up, just a couple of uh, tournaments coming up soon that we want to shout out. Um, so there's a DDR Ace tournament happening in Houston, Texas, on uh, November first, and uh, that's at the uh, David Buster's Galleria. Um, so November first, check out. There's a Facebook event. You'll probably see it on the DDR Players Facebook group if you subscribe to that. Mm. Uh, and then second tournament that's coming up soon is uh, the Game Underground Arcade Championships 2 in uh, Natick. Natick. Natick, damn it. I knew I was going to mess it up. Natick, Massachusetts, uh, which is in the Boston area. And uh, that's a uh, two-day event. Three-day. Three-day event, November 10th <laughs> through the 12th. And uh, so that's actually uh, that's going to be a DDR 2014 tournament. Um, they're also going to have tournaments for 2DX, Poppin', U-Beat, uh, Pump, and more. Um, some non-rhythm games, too. So check out uh, ddrcommunity.com for more information on that. 
And uh, lastly, if uh, you're not following us already, follow us on Twitter at SF underscore evolved. Um, check out our uh, our last broadcasts on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash SF evolved, no underscore. Mm-hmm. Right. And then our Facebook page, whatever that is. Just search SF evolved. <laughs> yeah. So we have all the the one thing we've done since the last shows uh, Roger put up. All the episodes on iTunes. Yeah, In, into yeah. this feed. Into this. So, so this is technically episode nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is going to be on iTunes. It'll also too. be on SoundCloud. So we got oh. even more okay. social media yeah. coverage. And and we'll probably put it up on YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, and if there's any other uh, website that you think we should, just <laughs> all the websites. Mixed crate. Uh, yeah. Like actually, I've gotten some feedback that uh, a lot of people listen to, to gamer podcasts on Twitch, like audio podcasts on Twitch. So if that works for you. Uh, or if you know something more than we do about that sort of thing, you should uh, let us know. I'm going to go hand out flyers around San Francisco, uh, printed on in Comic Sans, uh, to go check out my... <laughs> Honestly, we to, should. To, che- to check out my, 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 my mixtape on SoundCloud. <laughs> Honestly, we should do that. <laughs> yeah, actually, it'd be cool to hang something up at the arcades around the Bay Area. They uh, won't let us. <laughs> they won't let us. Anyway, thanks for listening, uh, and thank, thank you, you for, for playing. playing.